to me, Black Pete has been a very controversial figure. When I was young, I've been called Black Pete just because of the color of my skin. And I do feel a sense of disappointment whenever I see grown men and women paint their face black to play Black Pete. On the other hand, I've come to realize that changing a tradition takes time. And most people I've talked to seem to understand that Black Pete is on his way out. It seems to me that in a few more years, those who desperately want to hold on to Black Pete will be looked upon as utterly crazy. Welcome to Salt the Podcast. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Today we are starting our episode differently, without the usual Salt the Podcast intro, but with a strong statement that is part of a series of statements that people shared with us, expressing their views and experiences about the Dutch Sinterklaas Festivity and specifically the figure of Black Pete. The statement that you've just heard also introduces our topic of today, which is activism works, Black Pete is racism. And it's a topic which I want to discuss with my fabulous guests, Lieke Koningen and Simone de Bies. Lieke is a mother, a life coach, a community builder and event producer. She's an award-winning teacher, a dancer, a workshop developer who lives with her family in Amsterdam, the Netherlands. From a very young age, she felt the need to stand up against injustices and her passion for social justice has been part of her life ever since. Simone was born in Suriname in South America and moved to Amsterdam at the age of nine. This is where she lives together with her daughter Zoe. Simona works for the Dutch government and is very passionate about making our society more equal and inclusive. Thank you so much, Lika and Simona, for being here with us today and willing to speak about this very challenging and important topic. Thank you, Stella, for having us. Yes, thank you. So since not everybody listening is familiar with the topic, um, we consider it important to provide you with some background knowledge and discuss all the questions we have prepared afterwards. So we would like to continue to continue today's episode with a description of the Sinterklaas festivity in its original form, to present it to you in the way it was originally and for a very long time celebrated in order to locate the problem, which is Black Pete and its racist representation of the Black body. I'm saying originally here and for a very long time celebrated because as you will hear throughout the conversation, a lot has changed with people saying that the bleak Black uh, Pete figure is almost in the past. Of course, we don't know how people celebrate it behind closed doors, but at least what we see externally And also when speaking um, with white Dutch people uh, is that there are many positive changes. And these positive changes, which we will also mention later on, are, of course, thanks to the active struggle of the many anti-Black Pete activists that have taken place over the years and which are characterized by a long history of resistance and persistence that started with a small group and has grown and is still growing over the years. And that's why with today's episode, we don't only want to make the case that Black Pete is racism. We do not only want to talk about the trajectory of this figure and mention the positive changes that we've seen, but we also want to honor the activists, the people who have gone into the streets, the people who've started with a very small group, and we will talk about that later on, 
um, and which has grown over the years. So we also want to honor those people and focus a lot on that, um, on that activism does work. But before we go into more detail, uh, we want to describe to, um, at least to the listeners who are not familiar with Santa Claus festivity, uh, we want to give you a description. And the description that we have chosen uh, on purpose, like we have on purpose chosen this description because it has been written by Gloria Wecker, who is an Afro-Surinamese Dutch scholar. And if you do not know her, find out more about her because she's brilliant. So Gloria Wecker wrote the book White Innocence, which is brilliant, and which was published in 2016. And this book includes chapter four, which is called Even Though I'm Black as Suit, My Intentions Are Good. The case of Svarte Piet, Black Piet. So we will read the description from there. And the description goes as follows. By far the most beloved uh, folkloric figure in the Netherlands is Black Piet. We call it Svarte Piet. This figure is a blackened man, uh, a white man, but also often a white woman with a blackened face. And they paint it black, and actually the blacker the better. With thick lips, they make a thick red lips. They wear golden earrings and an afro wig. And they are clothed in colorful morals, costumes, and until recently wielding a quite deplorable grammar, like the dumb speak. So Pete is considered to be not that smart. Sparta Pete is also imagined to be a Moorish servant of a white bishop called Sinterklaas or Saint Nicholas. And uh, they believe that he comes from Spain or in alternative versions, he comes from Turkey. Yes. And the yearly festivities reaching their most important moment on December 5 are driven by powerful commercial interests, which are made manifest through the overwhelming presence of Sinterklaas and Black Pete in images, in stores, restaurants and offices from October on. Their advertisements on TV, in newspapers and in stores of this year's recommended presents. The production of festive wrapping paper is another major player in the commercial game. Weeks in advance, children put out a shoe at night with a carrot in it for Sinterklaas's horse and wait for it to be filled with sweets by Black Pete, who supposedly comes through the chimney. And this is the widely embraced reason why he or she is Black. The festivities are heightened by the Intocht, which means their entry, their entry into the city, which takes place in every major city, sometimes by steamboat, and every year the entry is televised from a different city in the Netherlands in the middle of November. Every night, the children and their parents put Sinterklaas news, keeping them up to date on everything pertaining to the pair. The festivity reaches its highest point on a merry evening on December 5, when presents are given to children, but also exchanged by adults together with original, critical and often funny poems. It is a moment when mild personal criticism and mockery are encouraged, and it's celebrated in the sphere of family and friends. Further, Wecker gives us a bit of an analysis here. She says, the contrast between the wise old white bishop Sinterklaas with his huge white beard and his childlike silly black servants are underlined by the fact that Sint, one person, singular, rides on his white horse while the peats, plural, many, walk, some on stills, frolicking, having fun. 
it is still quite common for Pete to have an quasi Surinamese accent, and sometimes nowadays, as fancy takes people, a Moroccan accent. Black Pete embodies what Stuart Hall has called ritualized degradation, a representation that is so natural that it requires no explanation or justification. Svarte Pete belongs to the idolized and sentimentalized happy black type who neither has a worry in the world nor a brain in his head, but who sings and dances and cracks jokes all day long and whose greatest joy is to please white people and their children. And now I'm playing another statement we have received to make a bit more clear what you have just heard. I remember being seven years old. We just moved from a country in Africa to the Netherlands because my father is Dutch and my mother is black. And uh, so me and my brothers were the only mixed children in an all-white elementary school. And it was December and uh, we heard about Santa Claus when we were living in another country. My father told us what it was. So we kind of already knew what it was. So in school, they decided to paint everyone's faces black. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to do it as well because everyone is doing that. And I remember the children telling me like, oh, you don't have to paint your face black because you're already black enough. And me looking at my skin thinking, well, I'm not black, but apparently, according to you, I am. So that was already like the first time I felt excluded uh, because I never really looked at myself that way. And the whole year, everyone was best friends with me. But every December, it was the same discussion over and over again. Like, oh, no, you don't have to paint your face because you're black. Everyone who knows me knows that I really love big earrings. Like, the bigger, the better. But somehow, every year around November, December, I refused wearing, like, big golden hoops. Because I was just afraid that people would make comments at me or whatever because once I had like red lipstick on and big hoops and someone told me like oh you look like black feet and I was like so offended by that and I couldn't imagine someone saying that to me so that was the first time that I was like I'm never ever going to wear big hoops again during this period now that I'm older and wiser and more confident I don't care what lipstick I'm wearing what earrings I'm wearing I'm going to wear whatever I want to wear yes let that sink in What we want to continue now with are some historical events around Black Pete, the creation of the figure, important protests that have taken place against Black Pete. And we also want to highlight and honor and amplify the various action groups who are at the heart of the struggle and have done a lot to initiate change and achieve change. In 1850, the Dutch teacher Jan Schenkman, he introduced the figure of Black Pete as an obedient servant of Sinterklaas in an uh, illustrated children's book. So there was no name given to the servant, but obviously it was pictured as someone uh, with roots uh, in Africa. Different theories that they have been about Black Pete were that he was a Moor or that he was a descendant of the devil. And the name Black Pete was first found in a children's book in 1891. So Black Pete's first job Uh, was to check uh, with children that had been bad and to take them away in a sack or to whip them. Today, his image is more for enjoyment. Um, he helps Sinterklaas to bring gifts to children and ask them, uh, asks, uh, Sinterklaas asks him to check the book. And in the book, there's a list of what the children have been doing, if they were good or if they have been bad. And then they get a present or they won't. Or it's like, it's like a little bit of scaring the kids. 
uh, and also that Sinterklaas sees everything. So the whole year he's checking on you. So you have to be good. And then, you know, on this day, it will come out if you've been good or bad. And and Black Pete is actually the person that will tell Sinterklaas what you have been done. And it's also his characteristics are like he's funny, messy, dances around, he's playful. And sometimes he just scares the kids and he throws candies at them. So um, now I want to get into the protest. So protest against Black Pete started first in the 1960s. Uh, the earliest protests were initiated by white people and later on predominantly by Black people. However, Black and white have, have been standing up uh, for change, uh, as pointed out by, Black, by Kick Out Black Pete, which is an action group in the Netherlands, and they are still very active today. Um, about 25 years ago, there was a first action group, and that one was called uh, Black Pete is Black Sadness. This was co-founded by a colleague of mine. Her name is Lulu Helder, and she has been fighting the existence of Black Pete. Uh, that what like that was that was their central mission. Uh, she also uh, is a co-author um, of a book together with Scotty. Gravenberg and scientist Philomena Asset, writer Astrid Rumer, mothers of black children such as Celestina Raalte, Helena Lysias, and other uh, prominent figures of the black resistance in the Netherlands, uh, the collective Sinterklaas, come in without your servant. Yes. Thank you, Lika. To continue a bit of the trajectory, in August 2008, in the local Van Abbe Museum, located in the Dutch town of Eindhoven, a long-term exhibition called Becoming Being Dutch took place, where two young female artists, Annette Kraus and Petra Bauer, coming from Germany and Sweden respectively, made a project called Read the Masks, Tradition is Not Given. And the mask in question was Swarte Piet, was that of Swarte Piet. Among other things, um, that were part of this uh, initiative or this project, the public was invited to take part in an artistic performance of a protest march, which was meant to give a voice to a critique against the phenomenon of Black Pete. So at the museum, participants were to be provided with signs, um, with slogans that would read things like Black Pete doesn't exist anymore and Swarte Pete, a white man's construction. However, as soon as the media and public opinion got news of the planned protest march, there was a public outcry condemning the initiative. And as a consequence, the museum received hundreds of negative, negative emails and thousands of similar comments were posted uh, on the websites of local and national newspapers and discussion boards. So the hopes of the organizers that this performance uh, that was supposed to take place in August 2008 would facilitate an open exchange of views were smashed. And what was even more, the management of the museum considered that the mails they received were of such a threatening nature that the safety of participants in the planned march was in jeopardy. So as a result, the march was ultimately cancelled. And again, uh, mentioning Gloria Wecker in uh, the chapter in White Innocence that we mentioned earlier, she has provided, uh, she's providing an analysis of those emails. She analyzed 1,500 emails, which was a very, very difficult task for her to do because of the things that she read there. Um, and she analyzed them, she categorized them into different topics. And if you're interested, I highly recommend you having a look and reading the, the analysis. 
So the mayor, in brackets, threat of violence in 2008, coming from outraged ordinary citizens, materialized three years later in real violence by the Dutch police. On November the 12th, in 2011, two young black men, <clears throat> poet and dramatist Quincy Gario and the poet and rapper Jeffrey Afrier, were arrested with police violence in Dordrecht while wearing a black Pete is racism t-shirt. They were standing in silence a bit further away from the event and actually received quite positive reactions from quite a few bystanders, which was a surprise, of course. Dordrecht that year was the town where the official televised arrival of Sinterklaas took place. So every year uh, they pick another city and Dordrecht was a city that they picked in 2011. Gario and Afrié were held in custody for over seven hours and after that they were fined 140 euros, which of course they refused to pay, and then were set free. And their violent arrest actually caused a lot of media attention. And in re retrospect, their arrest and excessive force used by the police can be seen as the beginning of a real public attention to the campaign against Black Pete. And in the years that followed, the action campaign grew into the Netherlands Become a Better Foundation. In addition to protesting, like we've always done in the past, also, educational materials were developed. Guest lectures are being given at school. Negotiation, negotiations and discussions are being held with uh, uh, the government. And online campaigns are being conducted, all to raise, of course, awareness to the cause. And the Black Pete is Racism campaign marks the beginning of the second wave of anti-racism in the Netherlands. It is like a people's movement that inspires and activates people to take action, to really stand up for what they believe and really uh, let their voice be heard. Yes. And in 2013 and 14, if we go further, collaboration with other initiatives was being sought. So in 2014, Kick Out Black Pete is initiated by various campaigns such as Stop Blackface and Black Pete is Racism. Kick Out Black Pete has one major goal, which is the visible change from the racist figure of Black Pete. And as long as this is not happening, peaceful protests at national Sinterklaas arrivals will take place. This is what the Action Group stands for. And they are very, very vocal. They are very popular. They're very, very, very good. And we will talk more about them throughout. So last year, protesters, for instance, from the Black Peter's Racism Campaign, they went to the Dutch city of Follendam and protested peacefully, where they were attacked with axe, raw fish, the windows of the bus they arrived in were smashed and they were insulted. However, as a result of the protest and the negative media attention Follendam received, and I think it's important here to mention that it's a very touristy Dutch town. So this was very bad public, uh, this was very bad attention for the city. So the committees that organized the center class entry to Follendam this year made a decision last month not to use black painted peats this year to show the peats according to the current standard, which is in most cities not to have black face anymore. And this brings us to some important example that show that activism works. And before um, I highlight those, 
I would like to play another statement that I received from a wonderful person. So I'm going to play this one for you now. People in general will play Peter Wolf. So from my own experience, I have seen that a lot of friends um, and just other teenagers around me from like the age of 16 till 19, um, that they've all seen now why Black Pete is racist and it's slowly becoming um, a bigger and bigger topic on social media. A lot of people are acknowledging it more and um, I think it's very good because this is now the way to bring a message to the younger generation and really make an impact. Um, so I think this should continue and I hope that this will eventually bring a lot of more changes in celebrating Sinterklaas and the whole holiday and um, yeah, that people really know what is actually going on in their country and why this holiday isn't nice for black people. Yes, this holiday is not nice for black people. This is what she tells us. And the activists have been highlighting this forever. As we say, today's topic is activism works, Black Peter's racism. So we want to show that the activists and all the people who've spoken out against Black Pete, because activism is not just going into the street and protesting. Activism is not just being on, on the screen. Activism is not just, um, I don't know, handing out flyers. Activism happens on so many levels. And to me, activism is one of the most creative things that are out there. You can be so creative in your activism. There's no one way of being an activist. And that also, um, yeah, you don't have, an, there's no excuse not to do anything because there's so many ways and you can come up with new ways. So in the case of Black Peter's racism, everything started with a small group that has grown over the years. And people are realizing, as we've just heard, and as we heard at the beginning, that Black Pete is racist and the change is needed and it's possible. And I saw the other day that um, there's a survey where 61% of the Dutch uh, people say Black Pete is, is from the past. Um, some examples that uh, we also can highlight is that new songs were created and old songs were abolished that were sang um, around this time and that they were using words that are similar to, to slave and, and servant when it came to Black Pete. Um, or mentioning his skin, I mean, mentioning the, the black and saying also black Pete. So these things have changed, have been abolished. These things cannot be, be sang anymore, cannot be said anymore. Schools, cities, families celebrate Santa Claus without the figure of black Pete, what I just said. In other words, black Pete is not a white person painted in very dark black with very red lips and huge golden earrings, the hoops, uh, and an Afro wig anymore. No. And um, we have also more and more retailers uh, banning blackface goods. Um, we have changes in policies on social media sites. All these things are happening. And I want to let you know that most of the information that we've just presented has been taken from the website of the action group Kickout Black Pete. Uh, yeah, Kickout Svarte Pete. Please have a look at uh, at their site and, and the work that they do. Um, and... 
what I would like to do now, before we move to the questions and the actual discussion is, I want to play another wonderful statement we've received. And through this statement, which is also an invitation, I want to invite you all to a different Santa Claus festivity that highlights the beauty of change and that highlights that we can do things differently. It is possible. So please listen. A picture is worth a thousand words. Complex and multiple ideas can be conveyed by a single image. The Black Pete character is a picture of dehumanizing and harmful ideas created by the Dutch. Luckily, things are changing and people are waking up to the idea that we need to do better. An example of doing better comes from the Haitian-Dutch actor and playwright Patrick Maturin. In 2015, he first appeared as the new Sint, a version of Sinterklaas without servants. He rides on his horse through the city while handing out red and white roses. They stand for love, friendship and peace. And he also shares the message that every child is a saint with the capacity to do good. Every year, he creates beautiful celebrations for children with live music, workshops, and more. It's been held in the Bijlmer Park uh, Theater and Paradiso, and this year you can find him in the Melkweg on November 26th. For my Surinamese Dutch son, it was always so beautiful to see a warm, kind-hearted, and sophisticated black Sinterklaas figure. So if you can, please join this beautiful celebration. So beautiful. She's inviting you all. So go and see it for yourself. And now, uh, Lika, Simone and I would like to invite you to the second part of this podcast episode, where we will discuss many different questions around the topic. Something that is loved is never lost. I'm Stella Sagari, and this is Salt the Podcast. Salt the Podcast. Salt the Podcast.